Hello, today is Wednesday, February 28th, day before leap year. And welcome to episode 303 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. I'm NSI's Deputy Executive Director, Jessica Jones, and I'm joined today by my boss, NSI's Founder and Executive Director, Jamil Jaffer, and two of our favorite senior fellows, Les Munson and Morgan Vigna. I'd like to point out that I have a friend who's a leap year baby, and she's about to have a leap year baby. I don't know what the odds of that are, but that's insane. Um, okay, so now back to actually national I'm security. I'm going to say it's though. one in 1,300. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. <laughs> Maybe one in 1,400. <laughs> Sure. I think you made that okay, up. Okay, Les. I think you made that <laughs> up. Math. It's called math in public, people. <laughs> okay. Ever on Monday, <laughs> at a meeting of European leaders in Paris, French President Emmanuel Macron said that the option of sending Western troops into Ukraine had been discussed. And I, and I quote, nothing should be excluded. We will do whatever it takes to ensure that Russia cannot win this war. Very quickly, his counterparts uh, disagreed and said that there is no way that troops are being moved onto Ukrainian um, soil. That includes German Chancellor Olaf, his counterparts in Poland, Italy, and the Czech Republic. Um, in fact, Germany's deputy chancellor said there was no chance and actually kind of rebuffed France and said they should probably send weapons instead of talking so much. Um, in response, no surprise, Moscow said that if uh, troops were to be deployed, that a full-scale war with NATO would be inevitable. And at the same time, just, you know, throwing in, throwing in some hypotheticals, the Wall Street Journal also had an article that in recent weeks, you know, there's been talk from German officials um, calling on France and UK to work with Berlin to develop a fallback plan for nuclear deterrence for NATO. And so this talk of Germans acquiring nuclear weapons is, has been kind of on the policy conversation. Um, and so while Germany doesn't have its own nuclear weapons, it does have German warplanes equipped to launch U.S. nuclear weapons um, and they're stationed in Germany. Okay, so first questions focusing on Macron's comments. You know, French officials also said that while all this talk aside, there already are Western special forces and other troops in Ukraine, right? They can be helping with demining, with repairing weapon systems, trainings. So is it really that far-fetched his comments to be moving troops in and talking about it overtly? And do we think that would be a Russian red line? Like, what do we think would happen? Morgan, I'll turn to you first. So I, I think this is definitely, you know, a flex by President Macron. I mean, he... France is sort of seen, or at least France sees itself as um, a leader in Europe and is often sort of in competition with, with Germany and others. Um, with that said, though, I don't, actually don't really see anything wrong with, with Macron's comments. Um, we shouldn't be telling Russia what we're not going to do. I mean, frankly, that's something President Biden does. Um, <laughs> I mean, when, why, why would we be revealing what our own internal red lines are when it comes to, to troop movements or uh, or otherwise? I mean, it's I, I do think that we, we've seen um, President Biden in particular not want to restrain the United States in, in many ways. I mean, we see this in the Middle East all the time. Um, we, we saw this particularly in Ukraine um, when Biden was sort of adamant that no U.S. troops wouldn't be deploying. I mean, we know that. That's that's not a surprise. U.S. troops will not be deploying to, to Ukraine. I highly doubt that we will see European troops um, really enter Ukraine with any you know, substantial force. I mean, uh, clearly there are some, you know, intel arrangements, um, I have no doubt. But I, I, I do think it is interesting that France is interested in, in being a little bit more forward-leaning um, this far into the war when thus far um, they really haven't done a whole lot 
Yeah. Jamil, what's your take? We have France kind of outwarring, I'll just put outwarring the, the Germans right now. I mean, do you, do you agree with her take on the comments? Do you think, you know, what would Russia do if there was a further, you know, an actual deployment of, of Western troops into Ukraine? Oh, I think, I mean, well, it's one, I do, I do think there's a fundamental difference between, you know, France saying we're going to engage in an actual fight with the Russians, you know, uh, soldier on soldier versus, you know, uh, people running around and helping out and, and providing logistical support or, or, or surveillance support or like it's a fundamental difference when you're fighting troops on the battlefield. So I do think that's a step change. And I think Russia would respond, uh, you know, with with force. And I think it would be a it would be a war with uh, with NATO. And I think the idea that French troops can go in on the ground in Ukraine and the rest of NATO be brought in or the U.S. stay out of it. I think that's that's chimeric. Um, I think the reality is that if that's what happens, uh, then we're at war with Russia um, and and off we go. By the way, that's a war that Russia loses. No question. And probably pretty quickly. Uh, Russia is not equipped today to fight that war, as we as we found out quickly. Uh, and so the question then is, do they do they go nuclear, which I don't I don't see happening. Um, but but again, I also don't see the French actually putting troops. And I think that's a mythical uh, idea. Um, and I think, uh, you know, sort of President Macron just putting it out there. Now, the reality is, is that we should have been talking about this. If this was, you know, on in theory, a possibility. This is, should be the conversation before Russia invaded and should be the conversation right after Russia invaded, not two years into the war, right? I mean, it, it just, it's, a, it's a stupid time to be doing it. The right time to be doing it would have been much earlier. Now, that being said, the only way uh, we're going to effectively enable the Ukrainians to win this war is to provide them a lot more weaponry now, weaponry that strikes behind Russian lines. And that means if the Russians are going to be hit at home, they may try to lash out. And if they do lash out, I think NATO needs to be prepared. So I think signaling that we're ready to push back if Russia strikes out or, or uses nuclear weapons or gets overly aggressive or crosses into NATO, that we're ready to take the line. I think that's the right messaging. The problem is it's all muddled because Macron's out there saying one thing, everyone else is criticizing him. It just shows the fragility of the NATO alliance and it shows the lack, utter lack of American leadership in this war. Yeah, Les, what do you make of the fact that if we're if we want to signal a hard line, um, we're not doing that, right? You can see by every counterpart outside of France saying that, that that's absolutely off the table. What do you think about that? And then what do you think about, you know, perhaps Germany acquiring its own nuclear, its own capability? I mean, do you think that's tied with the, the, the return of Trump and the fear that, you know, he's going to pull out of NATO and Europe's are going to, you know, the Europeans are going to be left to defend themselves? War in Ukraine and European nuclear weapons in 60 seconds. Go! <laughs> Solve uh, it. Go. Hey, so... Uh, I think uh, I don't disagree with either of my colleagues here, although I, I, I would note that Jamil was strongly hinting at uh, a good war, a good NATO war with Russia <laughs> yes. might, might be just fine. Um, yeah, uh, that, I think that's, I a topic, that. that's a topic for another podcast. I, I humbly In. suggest. I think I think, I think the title of this podcast should be Give War a Chance. Just, give just war a chance. <laughs> I think I think the root the root issue here is is what Jamil hinted at at the or explicitly said there at the very end. Lack of American leadership, Biden administration not being very aggressive, the president perhaps not being capable of driving a campaign on this very issue, both domestically and internationally. There's no energy in the executive right now. And and his alternative, Literally. Uh, former President Trump, is erratic and strange, and the Europeans know what to make of him. So they're they're running around on the ground around around the continent trying to figure out what the heck to do. And what it really reveals is 
Europe cannot lead itself. It's not so much that Macron came out and said we should we should consider troops. It's that everyone else immediately criticized his position. And there suddenly there was this infighting and arguing and arm wrestling. And the real issue here is exactly what Jamil said. The U.S. has to lead Europe. Europe cannot lead itself. As much as we would like for them to play a bigger role in world affairs, they are very limited in what they can do. They are natural adversaries with each other. The idea that the British, the French, and the Germans can agree on a war strategy is bananas. It has never happened in world history. It's not going to happen now. What they can do is agree with the United States. The United States has to provide leadership. Neither party is really doing that right now. Wow. I'm sure our European listeners are going to feel really... <laughs> motivated by Les's comments. All eight of them. Until- all eight of them are going to be really pissed <laughs> off. Hey, hey, all, in all and countries, over 120 countries are listening. That's some Europeans over there. Thanks so much to Devlin Bernie, Claude Jennings, and the entire NSI team for their help in producing today's episode. Join us again on Friday, March 1st, for another episode of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign debates shaking up America. Fault Lines is now on YouTube, so please check us out there. And if you like what you heard or saw, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And if you disagree with anyone, you don't have to just comment about Jamil. If you want to check out comments about Jamil, do go to our YouTube. But other people, feel free to weigh in. 